0: Welcome to The Life of Jesus term 3 and this is lesson 27. We're going to begin in page or I should say on page 33. It's where we left off looking at Um, Sodom and Gomorrah and we got to the stage where we got to um, Genesis chapter 19 verse 24 I'm just going to go straight to that verse if that's okay and move forward because we have so much to cover Um, and I I actually made a statement to you last time where it says then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven now you know when you read that the verse seems to indicate that the brimstone and fire that rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah actually came from the Lord himself. And it came straight out of heaven. Which is interesting, isn't it? When you begin to understand the power of the Lord. you know, And that's why he said, all judgment has been placed in my hands. Interestingly, we don't quite get that. We don't quite understand the significance of what Jesus is saying when he says, the Father has put... All judgment into my hands. And so when he, you know, he was the one that goes to Abraham and says to Abraham, he says, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It is one of the cities that you are meant to be a blessing to. So we need to tell you that one of those cities you're going to bless are not going to exist anymore. What do you have to say about it? At which point, Abraham begins his intercession. But it's interesting, it is the Lord that has that conversation with Abraham. And then it is the Lord that rains brimstone out of heaven on these two cities. Are you all here? Amen? And these, this is the same Lord they're all going to reject when he gets to his own hometown, in fact. Can you imagine? That's why he says that's one greater... We'll see I'm getting ahead now. Okay, let's stop. Let's keep going here. (laughs) Alright, so many things will start to make sense, but when you see it in this context. So following this then, we have the Lord involved in Abraham's offering of Isaac. In Genesis chapter 22, remember again, we're just covering all the instances where the Lord appears. And we know it is the Lord. It's not an angel. There's a lot of angelic appearances, some of which could be attributed to the Lord, And but there's argument about, about that. Different camps have different ideas about it. And um, after a great deal of research, I decided not to go down that road. Because I don't want to give you anything. We have enough to occupy ourselves with. Amen? Rather than go pick at straws. So anyway, so now we come to the offering of Isaac. This is 60 years later. And... Uh, Isaac's petition uh, for Rebekah. So, we have several things going on here. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's offering of Isaac. Genesis chapter 25, um, we have Isaac um, pleading to the Lord. Remember, Rebekah comes and says, if I don't have any kids, I'm going to die. Isaac's going, what do I have to do with this? Like, I'm the Lord. <laughs> you know? So, he goes and pleads with God. And remember... Two nations going to come out of her. Remember all this? OK? And um, it says here, "Let me just read this. Okay, just so it all makes sense. We have the Lord involved in Abraham's offering of Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. And about 60 years later, granting Isaac's petition for Rebekah, his wife, to have children in Genesis chapter 25. And reconfirming his covenant with Isaac in Genesis chapter 6 verses 24 and 25, where it says, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, I am with you. Now take this to heart. Because you are the seed of Abraham. Amen? And he says, I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. And so, Isaac built an altar there to mark the spot of God's appearance to him, and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. All right. Now, following this, again, we're just jumping through this. Following this, about 49 years later, the Lord uh, goes on to reconfirm this covenant one more time. This time with Isaac's son Jacob. Remember, he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here comes Jacob. Okay. All right. In a most extraordinary manner, I love this. With Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, saying, Then he, that's Jacob, dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up. on the earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it now today we commonly refer to this as Jacob's letter have you heard that term before? yeah? okay? All right. and it shows the important part that the angels play in God's protection care and guidance of his people let me just stop there for a minute angels are there to look after you do you hear me? They are real beings. That's the reason why we dealt with that age before we started this. They've gone through a whole lot of stuff now. They're on the other side of it. There's still more to come. Their history isn't over yet. There's still more to come. Okay, But in this interim period, they're here to help us. Amen? Amen? And I think sometimes we just read past it and don't realize that they still, just like we have, a future still, they have a future still, that's that's still to to come to pass. Anyway, and um, that's why Hebrews 1 verse 14, again, talking about angels... He says, but angels are only servants. They are ministering spirits sent from God to care for those who will receive salvation. Now, that's from the New Living Translation. But notice again, it says that there are are spirits sent from God to care for those who will receive salvation. So, as soon as you receive salvation, they're there to look after you. Amen. As much as the enemy will try to attack you. and (laughs) Let me just stop here for a minute. Some people, you know, saying, oh, we know we're doing God's will because we're getting attacked so much. And yeah, that's one of the key things, that, you know, the more you do God's will, the more you will get attacked. But remember Elijah, he said there's more with us than against us. We need to also remember that side of things and not allow the attacks to go on. You know, when Jesus was in the boat in the middle of the ocean, he didn't say, oh, dear Lord, well, I'm in God's will, so here it is. You know, He shut the storm down. We need to know to do that. We need to know that if we're doing God's will, if we're being attacked, we don't stand for it. Amen? Stand up and you, you, you confess the word and you proclaim something. You say something. I want to deal with something probably this Sunday um, about choosing to believe. You know, it, it says, I have said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose life. There's, there is such a key thing in you choosing. You can choose to believe that you're healed. You can choose to believe that all your financial needs are met. You can choose to believe whatever you want. It's your choice what you believe. And whatever you believe, coming attractions, Jesus said, You're going to have that. Because you're going to start talking about it, and it will come to pass. Those are the things that causes mountains to either stay or go. You either build mountains with your words, or you cast them into the ocean. Your choice. Amen? Amen. Amen. We might not preach that on Sunday, but we'll see. Anyway. (laughs) I I want to talk about that. But it is such a powerful concept. When you say, I choose to believe Dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blanks. Because at the end of the day, you choose what you believe. And the choices that you make result in what ends up in your life. Amen. We'll talk more about it on Sunday perhaps. Okay, let's see how the Lord leads me. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Um... Now, I want, to, I want to show you something extraordinary about this. According to Genesis 28.12, the ladder that is spoken of was wide enough for angels to be ascending and descending on it simultaneously. Think about that for a minute. So this ladder is so wide that we have angels ascending and descending. Two-way street, okay, <laughs> do you understand, okay? I always thought it was, you know, excuse me, excuse me, oh yeah, hang on a minute. I'll fly up to the side, you go down, then I'll get back in and... You know what I'm trying to say? You know, you just think there's one little and one guy going up and, you know. But it never occurred to me that this thing isn't a narrow thing, it's quite wide. But wait, there's more. Okay, <laughs> this, this, is, this is what's incredible. Watch what Jesus says in John chapter 1, verse 51. Most assuredly, I say to you, listen to this, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Ooh. Who's Jacob's Ladder? Are you getting this? Jesus Christ was Jacob's Ladder. What he saw that day, he didn't even realize what he was looking at. See, until Jesus took on the form of a man. This is the reason why when it says, when he came to earth, he actually took on a form and then held it. But before then, he was all sorts of things. And we miss these things. And when he makes mentions of things, it go right over our head. That's right. Amen. Jacob's ladder is Jesus Christ. It's, that's who Jacob's ladder is. It was actually a person. Upon which the angels of God ascended and descended. Incredible, isn't it? It's hard for our minds to grasp these things because we only see Jesus as a person. We miss that he, can, he is God. He can be whatever He wants to be, He can take on whatever forms He wants to take on. Amen. And there's, it's, have you ever seen Doctor Who? Inside that little booth, it's like, <laughs> hello. Have you ever seen your human spirit? It's dimensionless as well. Do you know it just... That's the reason why, uh, you know, there was 50 or 200 demons in one. The, it, the capacity inside... See, we see space... I'm getting science on you. I'm sorry. I have to do this. Just give me a minute, okay? We see space in terms of limit, so things that are limited because we can measure space in this realm. It's a measurable quantity. Just like time is a measurable quantity. In the other realm, time isn't measurable, neither is space. It's a funny thing, but the thing can go on and on and on, and you don't realize that it's like the TARDIS, you know? You can pack a lot of stuff into one spot, and you don't realize how far that thing, how deep it goes, if I can use that term. Okay? It just keeps going and going and going. You know, you sort of see it this way, but then you turn it sideways and it just keeps going on forever. Hello? And that's the reason why we have the capacity to grow spiritually more than we can imagine. We can just grow and grow and grow and there is no limit to our spiritual growth. Do you understand? It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen. And you can be so powerful spiritually that a whole army of demons can come against you. And they might only see you like this and go, Ha! One person, until they turn you sideways. And they go, Oh! That's big. Let's not go mess with that today. <laughs> it's bigger than all of us. Hallelujah. Anyway. Let's continue. Alright, so, I said here again, Jesus Christ identified himself as the ladder, or the bridge, between God and man. Using the phrase, The angels of God descending and uh, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Accordingly, Henry M. Morris says that the Lord Jesus Christ claimed that He Himself was Jacob's ladder, the one means by which one could go from earth to heaven. He is the way. He is the one mediator. I'm on the, on the next page between man and God. All the infinite ministries and activities of the mighty angels depend on Him. He is none other than God, the Creator. The sustainer and the redeemer of all things. There's a mouthful there, but it's all there. Amen. Amen. That's some good preaching stuff there. We preach a long time on that. Let's move on. Okay. But not only is Christ the latter... See, you know, you know what? Let's just stop for a minute. <laughs> Can't let this one go. Just give me, <laughs> just give me a minute with this, okay? Here is another reason why we don't just serve a good man. This is another reason why people say, oh yeah, you have your beliefs, and you believe in Jesus, and we believe in whoever we want to believe in. Yet, yeah, none of yours measure up to this. Absolutely. Do you understand? We, we believe in God. We don't believe in a man. We believe in God who took on the form of a man, but is still God. Amen? And that's the reason why this thing could work. Because it was a covenant between God and God, never God and man. It was God and God, but the perfect man. But it was God. And it had to have God on both ends for it to work. So if you have a man on one end, we're in trouble, so to speak. Do you understand? He was called the son of man. Don't get me wrong, but remember, he was a... Do you understand? Hypostatic union, it's a big word. It means he was two things, one at the same time. He was all God and all man all at the same time. Do you understand? So, as much as he was man, he was also all God. That's the reason why he could be God to God and he could turn around and be man to man. Amen? Moving on. Now I can move on. Okay. All right, (laughs) but not only is Christ the latter, but in Genesis chapter 28 verses 13 through 16, it goes in the same. And behold, the Lord stood above it, showing that he was also in control of what was going on, and said, now I've got a lot of extra stuff here, right? Meaning that Jacob finally saw and heard the Lord for himself. And the Lord says to him, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Verse 14, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Very similar to Abraham. Amen? And he says, behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. The Full Life Study Bible says, with this blessing came the promise of God's presence, guidance, and protection. God's presence, guidance, and protection. You have that today. You have God's presence, God's guidance, and His protection. Hallelujah. Verse 16, Then Jacob awoke awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord, notice who? Mm. The Lord, so we're seeing Jesus again, is in this place, and I did not know it. Wow. Amen. That's why he's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, now you can understand why. So, with this appearance, the Lord has now established His will over three generations. And in time, He would come to be known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As something that the Jews will refer back to constantly over time. That's the reason why it is so important to acknowledge all these particular appearances, even though they may not have been spectacular because of their relevance to the rest of the scriptures in the Bible. Now before we can move on to some, ex- some more extraordinary appearances of Christ, we need to acknowledge one more significant event, found in Genesis chapter 32, where the Lord, speaking to Jacob, says in verse 28, This is important because a name change is going to take place. He says, I'm over the page. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, meaning heel catcher or deceiver. Yeah, we needed a name change. (laughs) Okay? He says, but Israel, meaning prevailer, one who fights victoriously with God and a prince with God. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And as a result of this name change, from this point on the Jews become known as Israelites. And the terms would become synonymous with one another over time. Okay, are we good with that? Okay, moving on from there. The next significant appearance of Christ is in Exodus chapter 3. Now this is another 460 years later. Where it says now in verses 1 through 6, I'm giving you time to, so you can get a feel of how long these appearances are how far apart. You know, sometimes we say, well, they always appeared to everybody in the Old Testament. Well, check the timing. Okay? It was like 200 years here and 60 years there. And you know, hello. It wasn't all the time. We get to read it like it was all the time. But it really wasn't. Okay? So this is 460 years later. We're in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1 where it says again, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. The priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert, and came to Horeb. Now that's an alternate name for Mount Sinai, okay? The mountain of God, because of what happened there. In, it's, that's in Exodus 19 and verse 18. I think I've got, yeah, that scripture down at the bottom of your notes. All right. Oh, I love that. I just so wanted to go do that. Anyway, uh, which I think we might actually get to. And the angel of the Lord. Biblical scholars agree. Now uh, this is the one time I'm using this, okay? That this is the Lord Himself. Okay? And it says here, Appeared, appeared to him in a flame of fire in, uh, from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. We all know this, right? Okay, the burning bush. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? Now the Spirit-filled Bible says, Spontaneous combustion was not unusual in the desert, but... A non-consuming flame was an extraordinary and commanding event. That's why he said, "Ah, I want to see how come it's burning, but it's not burning. Do you understand? The wording was important there. So when the Lord, now now see this, here it is. Okay, remember before it said the angel of the Lord? Now it says in verse 4, when the Lord saw that he he turned aside to look, God called to him uh, from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, I'm on page 37 Do not draw near this place Take your sandals off your feet For the place where you stand Is holy ground Now we use that all over the place <laughs> Amen, all the churches The place, take your sandals off The place where you stand is holy ground We used to have prayer meetings Everybody take their sandals off or shoes off Because it's holy ground And that's fine, that's a good thing I don't care about that stuff This is where it came from Amen Amen. There's some days, man, you just sense the presence of God so strong, you want to take your sandals off. Yeah. You know, you just to kind of feel like, <gasps> I have to be tippy toe on this one. And be careful what you think, you know, <laughs> okay? Because God's there. Like as if He can't read your thoughts all the time. Anyway. Yeah, I gotta say something about that. You know, just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he ain't there. And just because you think you can hide stuff from him doesn't mean he didn't see and hear everything. Absolutely. You're only deceiving yourself. Moving on. Okay, so the Lord's first revelation to Moses was of his holiness a holiness so great that if ever a human were to look upon him fully, it would bring immediate death you get all that? We can now better appreciate what the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 1 verse 15. And that is, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God, who chose you to be His children, is holy. Kind of a thought in a thought there. Okay? Alright. So he says, just as God, if I can read it this way, just as God is holy... You, who, has, who He has chosen, need to be holy as well. Amen? We need to reflect God's nature. Moreover, verse 6, He said, I am the God of your father, the God of... Here comes the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Alright, notice that this is the first mention of His threefold designation. Something again that we said before, we'll continue on well into the New Testament. Uh, As we'll soon see. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. In other words, Moses knew Christ. Amen. You know, you can begin to understand more and more why Jesus was so ticked off with these religious leaders. Who were claiming to be descendants of this and that and everything else. And he was there talking to them. They were worshipping him. Amen. Amen. And while they were worshiping him, these ones are giving him lip. Wow. How would you deal with that? Hmm, Yeah, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Next. All right, yeah, that's right. So what's more? This event was so extraordinary that in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is falsely accused and put on trial by Jewish religious leaders of the time, as a part of his defense, he refers to this event and says in verses 30 through 33, And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush. We know it's a Lord, okay? In the wilderness of, wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. All right, And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take, off, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. He preached this whole thing. Isn't that incredible? Word for word. I thought I'd put it in there, because that came directly from Exodus. Amen. So, this is... He said all of this to say, you killed him. <laughs> okay? The guy that Moses was talking to. The guy that he took his sandals off for. You crucified him. And then they went and killed Stephen. My jeez, these people don't listen, do they? <laughs> uh. Could say something, but I'll we'll have to edit it out if I do. All right. The ne- <laughs> yeah, you know, the next attribute will look at—I to leave that in anyway. The next attribute we'll look at is the Lord's ability to change an inanimate object like a rod into a living soul, such as a serpent, and back again. That's a big thing. All right, as He did in Exodus chapter four, when Moses was talking to the Lord about delivering Israel from Pharaoh. Alright, it says with verses 1-5 through five saying, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me, or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. That's fair enough, man. I mean, you can go and say all sorts of things to people. Are you all with me? Oh yeah, God talked to me. You know, I used to say that when the beginning of my ministry, and people say, oh, oh God talked to you, did He? Uh, they didn't do it in a nice way. After a while I thought I'm gonna shut up. I'm not gonna tell people God to talk to me. I just have a strong feeling that you know you know, you just start to just okay. Maybe there and, and there were times. Let me let me talk to you about this for a minute. Let me share something with you. I'm hoping this will give you some insight and some wisdom. One of the things that I've learned over time is that people by their actions, determine what God is going to do in the next, you know, in the future. Okay, so if I got to a place, the Lord might say to me, I want you to bless Pastor Jamie, okay, and I want you to do this for him. Alright, I'm just using an example. And then say, and, that was, and I said to Pastor Jamie, I said, you know what, God has told me to bless you. And so, you know, and, and I, I maybe say to Dad, you know, God's really been talking to me about, you know, Pastor Jamie, to bless him and stuff. And, and then Pastor Jamie goes off the rails. He, it'll never happen, but tui tui. Okay, so, but they, you know, say, yeah, yeah, you know, he just goes right off the rails and he's womanizing. And, I oh, not that Monica will let him. And, you know, just smoking stuff and just, he'll be dead. I'll be, yeah, yeah, I know, I'll be doing his But anyway, (laughs) but you know, just just say just went off the rails. Now, you tell me, is it right for me to bless him now? No. Because he's got all I'll do is help him with his addictions. Okay, whatever I give him now, he's gonna go in the wrong direction. Are you all with me? So I'm I'm gonna say, Oh, I don't think I'll do that anymore. Then Dad's gonna say, Oh, I thought you said God told you to bless Pastor Jamie. What did God change His mind? Not that Dad will ever say that. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to be so careful. Because God will change His instructions, sweetheart. If you go do something dumb. And I have seen that happen so many times throughout this ministry. That God has told me to do something and then things have changed. And so I backed off because that was not the right thing anymore. Because the people that I was going to help or minister to or bless or whatever, they changed direction and so had God's instructions to me. And then people standing on the outside looking at this, all they can do is look at it and go, oh, we thought God told you to do that. So you know what, can you stop saying God said this and God said that? Because obviously He didn't. Exactly. But do you understand what I'm saying? So I, I learned from that. Because people don't always grasp this, they don't get it, they don't understand that not everything isn't predetermined, you determine what's going to happen. Now there are some things, you know, and again I can't explain everything, I'm not God, but there are some things that will happen and I don't know how that all works. But there are so many other things that, and I, 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 the only thing I can say is this, let me give you this as a theory, okay? I'm giving you a uh, 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 spiritual theory. Okay? It's like a scientific one, but it's spiritual, alright? Okay. I think, and this is Roche. This is not, that said the Lord. And I have no scriptures right now. Okay? Might have some later, but not yet. Okay. I think that God can see the path that people are on that are not with him. Mm. That are being led by the devil. See, sweetheart, you don't realize that the freedom that we have when we come to God, we don't have the enemy strong-arming us as much as he would like to. And because God's there, angels are there, things start to go in a different direction. You still make decisions, but people that don't make that decision for God and for Christ, they are, without realizing, they think they're living their own life, but they really are not. They are literally living a life planned out for them by the devil. Do you all hear what I'm trying to say? And because of that, there is a path that God can see where it's going to lead. The things that they're going to do, the people that they're going to kill or damage or whatever, He can just see it all the way. And He can just tell that's going to happen then. Now that's not what's what's meant to happen. But that will happen if you continue on this road. Are you all here? Just like I know... I may not know anything, but if, I, if I've been down a certain road, and I know there's a bridge out or whatever, I know that's good. they're going to come to a place where they're going to have to turn around and come back. I know that because the bridge is out, and there's no other way around it. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? So I can deduce certain things based on the information that I have. Now, God can see much more than the bridge is out. Are you all here? Now, the other thing that I can, I can understand is also those people that God has set out... Are planned for, and that they are fulfilling their destiny. There are places that he, goalposts that he has set, that they will get to that, and they will get to the next thing because they are being led by the Spirit. They are not just making up their own mind about what they're doing today. Do you hear what I'm saying? And those are the other group of people that God knows what's going to happen. It is not a predestination in that God made up all the things and whether they like it or not, they would do it. Do you get the idea? They have decided they want to go this way. And so God goes, okay, you're right on track, perfect. Let's go to the next thing. Because everything I've planned out for you will bless you, will be a blessing to you and make you shine. You are the light of the world, you are the salt of this earth. And I had a destiny for you right from the beginning. And here it is, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay? And then there's the whole bunch of other ones. So if you're ever wondering how come some God can't tell and others God can just 600 years down the track tell you exactly what's going to be happening with them and the descendants, whatever. It's because they're choosing. They're making the choice to follow God. And what a beautiful thing it is to have your descendants following God and, your descend- and their descendants following God. And I mean really following God. Amen. Maybe a little bit fell off the bike here and there along the way, but mostly they were doing what was right. Praise God, huh? What a legacy to have. And then you start finding things all sorts of codes and stuff happening. And I just, uh, that's just a working theory. Take it if you want. Moving on. All right. Exodus chapter 4. Then Moses, we're talking about inanimate objects into a soul. And again, it's a soul. It's a living soul. Alright? And then back again to something that's inanimate. And so we have here, Then Moses answered, Exodus 4.1, And said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became A serpent. And Moses fled from it. I think that would have been a funny scene. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, I mean, can you imagine? You know, we don't like to hang around snakes. We just had a... Um, my, my Sarah girl just did her HSC music uh, uh, exam just uh, this weekend. So we were standing outside. And they have this whole row of lockers. And I'm standing there. Between songs, and you know, we were out there to help. And I'm looking down at the bottom of the lockers, and I can see this little snout sticking out from under the locker. And I started to freak out. I thought, that could very well be attached to a snake. And it wasn't a little one. It was about that big. And it was sticking right out. And he was getting a bit of sun, man. Because the sun was coming right up to the lockers. And you could see his little snout. And he was in the sun. And was like, mm. And I'm sitting there like, oh. And the teacher comes out and I said, um, come over here. I said, should we be worried about that? I said, that's okay. I said, is it attached to... A snake or something else, do you think? He goes, well, we have heard that there's a blue-tongued lizard hanging around under here. And I said, I hope so. Because otherwise it's not going to be a fun moment when these little students, who are already got enough on their plate, going in to do their performance, go past and a snake bolts out from under the lockers. Because it has happened in the past. These snakes have gone into teachers' rooms and all sorts of things. People come out screaming, the ones that don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? The other one's going, oh yeah, that was from last week. You know? <laughs> Hello Max, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, we've, you know, because there's so much land and grass areas. So I can just imagine when Moses, you know, throws his stick on the ground, God changes it into a serpent, <laughs> yeah, I would be running too. Okay, so this would be a very funny scene. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Now, the, you know, this would take faith, man. I, I, I wouldn't do it. Maybe at the moment, but I wouldn't do it. Okay, then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Mm! You take it by the tail. (laughs) Oh, they said to the Lord, no. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I just think, wow, we have to see this. If he fled from it, he was scared of it. And then Jesus says, grab it by the tail. Can you see him coming back? (laughs) <laughs> if it bites, it's your fault. Yeah, Moses, up, looking at a burning bush, died, but stung by a serpent, coming stupid enough to grab it by its tail. So you can just imagine him sort of going up and going, Oh dear God, oh dear, he goes, I know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> okay? And he says, he says, reach out, take it by the tail, and he reached out uh, his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Oh, there's relevance in that. Can I, just, can I just say this, okay? I don't like to preach too much on stuff because I like to teach context, okay? But there are, sometimes the symbolism is just too much to go past. The devil can only do stuff when you let him. As soon as you grab him by the tail, he just becomes a useless rod. He just becomes stiff and just absolutely loses all of his venom and everything else. That makes him the snake that he is. But you leave him alone and he will drive you nuts. How do you deal with snakes? Grab him by the tail. Not the real ones, the spiritual ones. Amen? You know, the Bible says, they are meant to be under your heel. Amen? Don't let it run around your house, freaking you out. And you're running for fear in every direction. Amen? You reach out and you grab it. You let it know. This house belongs to God. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I dare you to bite it. He can't. I'm just telling you. You'll be freaking out, but he can't. Just a thought. Notice what happened when, it, when he grabbed it. It became a rod only in his hand. Do you get the relevance? Okay, he grabbed it. In his hand, it became a rod. Before that, it's a snake running around on all over the ground. Verse five. <laughs> Remember again, Jesus is speaking here. In my notes, I've actually got this in a, in a, in I've got the words of Christ in red, but I've got Old Testament words of Christ in a sort of a dark purpley red. So I've got all this written in a different color to tell me that Jesus is in the Old Testament, before He was born, of Mary, talking to Moses. Okay? all right, And He says that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham. Who is the God of Abraham? Jesus Christ. The God of Isaac? Jesus Christ. The God of Jacob has appeared to you. Wow! The Full Life Study Bible says that miraculous signs serve the purpose of confirming the message and ministry of Moses. The manifestation of such signs is also God's intention for his people under the new covenant. And why Jesus said in Mark 16:17, and these signs will follow those who believe. We'll pick this up in the next session. Take a break.